Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bitter. It's the podcast where I speak to bands and artists about 
How They Survive. I've been listening to this band for quite a while and I had a really great introduction to them, which was overhearing someone talk about them at the pub. I think that was a very natural, in the wild way to discover a band and it did me good. Sprints from Dublin. I speak to Carla Chubb on today's episode. Their new single, Adore, 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 is out now via City Slang Records. We talk about that. And they're on tour for the rest of this year with some real highlights in there. On the 4th of October, they're playing at the Scala in London. 6th of October, the Button Factory in Dublin. And in November, they'll be in New York at Baby's All Right. So if you want to go catch sprints and you're in London, Dublin or New York, you're in luck. And if you're not, you can check the rest of their tour dates to see if they're hitting a festival this summer near you. All right. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, usually sponsored by 2000 Trees, where I get to list a bunch of bands playing, including Sprints, but it's already happened this year and I'm slightly recovering from it. Saw some great bands. I lost my phone in the mosh pit for the Bronx. Didn't mind in a moment of absolute clarity. And then 30 seconds later, probably thanks to that clarity, found it on the floor. So I partied even harder, but this time with my phone in my hand above my head. And it was fine. So look, 2003 supports the show. Go and check it out. Go and have a look about what happened this year at 2003s.co.uk. Maybe it's a summer jaunt for you next time. It's in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London on the train. And it's always a blast. All right, here's Carla from Sprints. 101 part-time jobs. It's such a kind of funny time, 2023, to be a fairly young person, or actually doesn't even need to be about age, about having a career. I feel like we're slightly breaking out of the shackles of what you work is, who you are. Yeah, I think so. Um, I th- I, but I do think people like to be defined by their their work as well. Like when someone asks you what you do, um, it's always very different when someone responds with, oh, I'm a musician, or like, oh, I work in a bank. Mm. So I think there is a part of that kind of like cool credibility that we're all probably chasing that we didn't have as kids as well. I know. We just, we just want to be accepted, don't we? Yeah. You just want people to think you're cool, really. That's that's the only reason that we became musicians and friends. <laughs> do you tell people, when people ask you what you do, do you say I'm a musician? I don't yet because we're still, um, we're still working full-time jobs. We've been one of those bands that's been balancing the two um, for a long time. Um, and it feels like only in the last year like that it seems potentially realistic that this could be like a career I suppose mm. um, and a job it's it's been our dream since we were kids um, to be musicians but I still say I work in I work in advertising or I work in content which is far less exciting but it's still creative which is fun yeah have you have you enjoyed it like what was your way into that job and have you sort of found yourself without you know not living with too much anguish um yeah no I my current employer they're super sound they're really understanding I've been very fortunate that I think I've always worked in creative enough fields or I managed to weasel my way in after a number of years I think people who work in like advertising or content or agencies always really really understand um like the second job or the side hustle or the creative passion it's like so what do you actually want to do is like something that people always ask you I think when you work in agencies um so I've been really lucky that people I've worked with I've been very supportive of that and I've had great bosses and um, between Tom my current boss and Q my old boss who really really supported the dream of sprints yeah um that's a great dream yeah I, <laughs> hopefully but I worked I spent a lot of time working hospitality when I was younger 
Um, those are my part-time jobs, my college jobs, straight through to finishing education. Um, and yeah, I think like my first real job was was marketing and it, it just allowed me to pursue writing um, and creativity in a way that I didn't know really existed. Um, and when I discovered that, like copywriting or right. short form writing, um, I think that almost kind of like spurred on my like obsession with songwriting then. I always dabbled in guitar, I wrote songs, but now I've kind of become quite adept at like bashing them out quite quickly. Mm. And I've, I've started to like be less critical of what I'm doing and, and just do it. Copywriting is, you've got to be pretty like flexible up in the cranium, right? Because if you're writing about different <laughs> stuff, using, you know, you're, you're using different voices, using different energies. Yeah. How have you found that? How, how did you, I, I guess it's something you get better at with time and practice. Yeah, I, I love it, to be honest. I've recently got diagnosed with ADHD, which I think has made a lot of sense why I've always felt like a, they want to say, jack of all trades, master and none. Like, I think that's kind of the perfect phrase that's encapsulated me and followed me my whole life, is that when I was younger, I was so concerned with not being able to be the best at anything. I didn't believe I was good enough to be the best at one thing. So I kind of kept trying to find things that maybe this is, maybe this is it, maybe it's photography or it's football or it's sport or it's music, guitar or singing. And I found that I didn't have the attention span to focus enough to be the best at it. So I kind of just became like good at lots of random different things. So discovering things like copywriting um, and songwriting, I think allowed me to combine multiple fields of interest but in short bursts of time so I didn't have to sit down like I always thought I'd be a writer but there was no way I was gonna sit down and write a book for 70 hours like with 40,000 words in it so I was like a song's only two minutes or has to be as short as I want Mm. so I can bash out loads of them um so yeah I think it was it's a real kind of like birth of like my nature and my environments that I kind of fell into songwriting I think I wanted to be creative but I find it really tough to stick with things um, but music can be as consuming or dipping your toe in when you want to. It's never too late to find like something that feels that's like basically re- like really rewarding, you know. Whether that yeah. whether that's playing five aside on a Tuesday or going to play swimming or you know usually it's going to be you know communal activities. You know I think a lot uh, for a long time of, of for for most of my life I think I've been a bit. Look, I didn't realize it, but looking back on reflection, I've been definitely have had closed doors to to think that mm. what I could do or what I you know should try. You know, I think you know, and, and it does take quite a lot of courage to try something, but you should you owe we owe it to ourselves to kind of push through that, don't we? Yeah, and I think there's also this pressure, in in particularly in kind of like post like video social media society that um there's like this real hustle culture, and it's like anything that's a hobby has to be somehow monetized. Mm. Um, or has to be like like turned into a business or there has to be like an economics to it mm. when it's it's also like my thing might be music which I do feel quite sanctimonious isn't the right word but I do feel like it's almost like a purpose and it's something I'm meant to do and I always felt that as a kid but that doesn't mean that someone else's thing has to be that like your thing could be like five-a-side football or or like just hanging out with friends or loving festivals or loving going to live gigs and I think there's such pressure put on you through through media and, and social media that like your hobby has to either be like another financial stream or it has to be like super important and you have to be like the football guy but really it's just about finding places even if they're moments 
um, that only happen once a week where you feel at most yourself and comfortable and that allows you to express yourself. And I'm fortunate enough that mine was music and I do love being all consumed by it, but I can also step back and it's me and my friends and it's social and it's, it's a lot of my hobbies rolled into one. My sanctimonious place is the bath. <laughs> Yeah, Jack's a big, our drummer Jack is a big bath person. Sometimes when we're on tour and we're like, oh, we go for a drink or go for a walk and relax. He's like, I might go sit down and have a nice long bath. And we're like, right. A bath and a book and some chocolate. Yeah. And I'm not even getting <laughs> cheesy, you know, that it just, that, that stuff feels good. Especially like dark chocolate where there's that like, there's something about it that just makes you happy. That makes me happy. There's something in it though, ingredient wise, yeah. I think that yeah. that's supposed to do that. They think that, that like pushes endorphins. Yeah, I love it. Hey, part, big part of Sprint's message is individuality, pushing that mm -hmm. forward, you know, progression as an individual is sort of the way I read it, the way I take it. Do you speak to each other a lot about like, you know, what that really means for, for your own lives and, you know, within playing in Sprint's within, your own day-to-day -day lives you know i'm talking work relationships where you live mm -hmm. um that's a big question isn't it <laughs> but but is yeah. it, is it, it's quite easy to ignore that you know move forward with that with like ignoring that and being like oh everything's gonna be fine i think it's good to you know do you take stock and really think about like what what you're trying to what you're trying to work towards and it doesn't even like you say it doesn't have to be a monetary goal it, it doesn't have to be any kind of superficial or it can be a superficial goal but you know something that that feels good within you you know what is what does progression as an individual like mean for you um i think a lot of it is acceptance i think that's kind of the main goal if we had one that personally and development wise i've only ever strived for is just being like fully comfortable in myself and and everything that comes with that whether it's like financial circumstances like upbringing sexuality gender all that and it is a constant thing like there's there's obstacles and there's challenges that that arise with that kind of consistently in music and you know being naturally introverted myself and Colm definitely are the probably the more introverts of the band it's constantly pushing yourself to grow in terms of like meeting new people and kind of learning how to manage your social energy and your emotional energy and and how to look after each other um but i think as a band we regularly talk about like authenticity and what that means to us and i think like obviously like there's such that cliche in music of like they're not real like this is rock and roll man or whatever like there's a lot of image that comes with bands and I think we just want to be authentic to what we feel mm. we are um and that doesn't mean like we'll play the same style of music or release the same kind of albums forever it just means whatever we're emotionally feeling I think the music kind of represents it at that time so it feels honest um and the way we dress or speak on stage is very similar to the way you'd see us dress speak or behave off stage obviously probably a little bit more polarized or a little bit more performative and uh, magnified but um it's definitely very much anything i say in a song i wouldn't be afraid to say to your face Correct. i think yeah and that keeps us kind of grounded and real what Part-time jobs, one hundred one. Part-time jobs, one hundred one. Part-time jobs, one hundred one. Part-time jobs. Well, a different time to be in a band to a lot of what we grew up. Mm. You know, there's photos shoot, photo shoots every few weeks. Every photos on Instagram. The kind of infrastructure of how artists and bands release records. 
that's always kind of ever changing. Everything's kind of out there, isn't it? Everything's pretty, pretty public. Yeah. How do you deal with that? And is that something that you, you're like really embracing? Are you trying to like not think too much about that? It's tough because we're kind of the generation before TikTok and like the real kind of massive change in, in media came. I think obviously millennials, we went from like the Nokia brick phones to iPhones in the space of like a school like yeah. career or, or lifetime or whatever you called it. Like I was in first year, which is when you're like, what, like 12 or 13. And we all had kind of those, those slide phones or brick phones. And then by the time I was four years older, it was like the second or third iPhone was already out. And so that like technological change and shift was massive and it moved so quickly. And I think it's now slowing slightly despite the introduction of like AI and AOR and stuff. But I think it's the behaviors of it you do feel slightly out of touch with it because documenting my life and, and video and being super like super online doesn't come naturally to any of us. I think we're all a little bit more reserved. So you do have that worry of how do you break into that younger market or the more online market or the more online world, if that doesn't really feel authentic to us. And that's something we're really struggling with at the moment is we know we need presence. It's important for growth. And we know we need um, to be available to fans because that kind of deeper connections is is now more expected um, than before. But how do we do that in a way that feels authentic? Because it doesn't come naturally to us to be in front of a video camera or to document um, on TikTok or to create like short form, like snippets and sketches and, and that kind of stuff. So mm. it is what we're kind of working on ourselves at the moment and, the way we're trying to figure it out is again focusing on documenting and being authentic what do we feel like we want to consume and what is sprint really about and really it comes down to the live music the sound and the experience of being like the four close friends so we're trying to figure out how do we best package that and put it out there in a way that doesn't feel like hey fellow kids yeah. here's a here's a tiktok for you well it's interesting you know you can have the same record sonically with you know packaged up in two different ways and artwork photos you'd have two different very different experiences wouldn't you mm. yeah absolutely and I do love the business side of music I have to say I think that's one of the reasons that we've been in managed like we've managed to move quickly I guess in some compared to some people probably not but I feel like we've progressed quite quickly and it's because we are all passionate about the business and the brand side of it and I think that's the biggest difference between sprints and any other acts we may have been in before is that you have to be like you have to be protective and cautious of the art of it mm. and you have to treat it like it is art and like creating art but you also have to treat it like a business and the brand side of it and very much that you're trying to build something that people need to it's like you can't like need, people need to consume and monetize and you need to sell it so it's a bloody minefield it is a minefield but it's also if you get into it it's quite fun and when you let yourself kind of think of it outside of you guys and try to take sprints as a personality and create a color scheme for it or what would it look yeah. like or what would you put on it and what would we say and what wouldn't we say in the language it is like it's a really fun exercise in brand strategy which is what i've done a lot in my career so um yeah it's kind of come in really handy that I used to, I work with brands in my day-to-day -day job to do creative strategy and build their social presence. And then I have to do it for myself. But 
leads to very quick burnout. I think, yeah, well. I mean, what's the solution to that? Is it hiring someone to do your socials, having a friend that you can pay a, an all right wage? I think it's um, delegation um, and cooperation and also communication, like working with each other, um, splitting up the work, but also making it fun and not treating it like work. Yeah, that's the thing. You want it to be fun. You, cause, you want to laugh about it. Like rock and roll, a big part of rock and roll is fun. Yeah, a big part of it is fun. But I think if you talk to any working musician, they'll tell you that 90%, 10% of music is playing music and making music and 90% of it is admin. Yeah. And that is from booking flights to travel to invoices to banking to meeting with accountants and all this super not fun stuff. Oh. But the thing is, is that's why I don't like that phrase, like love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life because it's not true, I don't think. I love music and I would love to be a musician forever. But there are parts of it, of course, that aren't enjoyable, but they have to be because that's what makes it worth it. Yeah. If everything was roses and sunshine and easy, what pushes you to keep going at it then mm. if it's so simple or what pushes you to be bigger or, okay, we've, we've done this and signed off that show like what's the next one what's the bigger one like we worked our asses off to get this festival and to get there and to play this amazing set so what's the next one it, it mm. kind of spurs you on and pushes you and i think you need that hard work side of it to make the fun side of it better but obviously i wouldn't mind someone taking a little bit of the accounting and stuff off my hands eventually when we get bigger is managing expectations a big part of it i think for sure i think um yeah i think that's why with sprints we've managed to like continue to grow and have done what we've managed to do so far and that we're still obviously pushing and, and really looking forward to the future. Um, is that from the very outset, we were like, let's give this a serious go. And we obviously started it as kind of like a fun project, but very quickly we were like, this feels like really right. And the chemistry is great and we get on and we're really good friends and the music is kind of spilling out of us very naturally why not manage the expectations and treat this like a business and actually try to grow it and we very quickly find management and bookers and and all that stuff and i think it's when you manage those expectations of yeah it's gonna be really fucking fun like we travel a lot we play some amazing shows we meet great people we write songs and you look back you're like that's just cool like i never imagined i'd do that if you're willing to do that it pays off in dividends hey you signed to city slang who have released this new single adore 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 City Slang are one of those great labels that, for me, you know, they're, they're, they, they've got a good amount of rock and roll. There's clearly been a lot of brilliant artists that have, that have, that have been on there. Anna B. Savage, um, Caribou, Jose Gonzalez, Jessica Pratt, who's released yeah. one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, this time around is the Jessica Pratt song. Los Bichos, na a fucking Nada Surf. Yeah. Being, working with a label like City Slang, that you know that must be really nice that you kind of got both worlds there you've got the world of independence and you've got the world of ambition yeah absolutely i think that was that was the first real moment where we were like okay the joke's gone too far now <laughs> like the jig is off we can't, we're, we're, why why are you, why are you signing us um but no that was i think that was a real pinch me moment we went over to berlin the four of us to sign the deal in person and to meet the team for the second time and stuff. And you could just feel the warmth like from them and every warning story and horror story you hear about labels and how they're trying to screw you over. Like they couldn't be further from the opposite of all those cautionary tales. They, from the outset were so 
adamant on us sticking and remaining exactly the way we were mm. and gave us such freedom and control over recording and and even like choice of songs or singles or what we wanted to put out and stuff and the artwork and they're just a really really great team but when we initially were contacted by them uh my girlfriend's kind of the barometer of anything in music she's like the walking wikipedia of music and music industry so anytime an email came in jack would be like have you heard of this label or or this band of reach i have heard of them and when we mentioned city slang she went city slang she's like that's one of the coolest labels ever and we were like okay that's a good that's a good sign um and as we researched it and i saw like courtney love hull like listed as one of their first signings and christoph used to book for nirvana something and you had like the flaming lips and they did like an arcade fire single and you see that this is stark content like really really good rock yeah it was an honor to be considered yeah. part of that potential future and we're one of the only heavier acts on the roster at the moment and they said we're the only real kind of punk band they've ever signed and we're the only irish band or irish act they've ever signed so all these kind of little votes of confidence really really spurred us on um and gave us a lot of um just like a little kick up the ass to just go and keep like absolutely bashing out music. Yeah, brilliant. And what does that mean for the next, you know, six months, 12 months ahead? Are you having to um, like, you know, pull up the anchor a little bit and be like, okay, like, like, let's see where this, let's see where we're going with this. You know, are you able to drop some normal day-to-day life to prioritize music, prioritize sprints? I think we're looking at like a plan for sure um for the future um and what that entails um but i think for the moment the next six months we've got three massive headliners booked and their only headline shows of the year being london dublin and new york city which is, is very exciting yeah new york is one of our favorite places one of my favorite places in the world so to play there is a dream we have like the u.s side of the label on on working with us now um and it's just we've got a big announcement coming up in the next few months we've got more music coming there will be lots of exciting things to talk about, but it's just um, the key focus is the three headline shows. And then next year, I think it's just going to be full tilt. It's going to be hit the ground running, pun intended, and just absolutely like just give it a full bash. We've worked this hard now to get here. So it's very exciting to get a chance and get a shot at it. Yeah. And it's kind of like no matter what happens, we've given it everything. So if I'm gray and old and 30 years I can look back kind of proudly at how much we achieved together let's talk about jobs growing up in or around Dublin what was like what was being a teenager for you like um I was really shy as a teenager and I was really introverted so I had like a small group of, of school friends who I'm still in touch with now um and yeah I think I spent a lot of my time trying to find myself I was really really into sports so I played like five or six different sports in school um but work-wise I think like my first job was like one of those really shit jobs where you have to like carry um like all the drinks on your back and like sell them in concerts <laughs> but, and like carry those big cases and like do all the mats like before mobile phones were really like proper yeah. small and um like small calculators and stuff on them I had to like calculate all the things in my head and people were asking me with different numbers and stuff but I remember so vividly I was like I got to go to to see like My Chemical Romance and I think Foo Fighters and, and Pink or something for free in like the massive uh, Point Arena in Dublin so I was like anything that got me closer to music I was willing to put myself in the firing line yeah. no matter what 
So you got that job, you got that, you know, you went to the venue. You're like, I want to work at that venue. Uh, I, I think it was my friend in school, Nora Ariana, who like put me in touch with some guys that they knew and they did football matches and stuff. So I was like, amazing. I can go to matches potentially and sports. And I think through that, I met someone else who worked for the Aviva Stadium, which is like a big, big sports stadium in Dublin. And I did a couple shifts of like 13 hour like I worked there for like six months. I worked at the weekends in between college and did like 13 hour shifts, like catering wow. these massive like insurance events and yeah. like on your feet, like serving people red wine and they were getting absolutely booze and you were there sweating with no breaks and, and no lunches. And I did that like every weekend and I did it nights sometimes as well after school and after college. Damn. My mom would have to, I didn't drive. So my mom had to like drop me at like six in the morning and pick me up at like, eight at night or whatever and you had um, pretty good discipline as a teenager you were like fuck it i gotta work gotta gotta pull my weight i don't know about that now i just <laughs> wanted money for drinking really Thank to you. be honest <laughs> uh, i wanted i wanted the freedom of it a little bit but yeah i did i did like to be busy yeah. um and i think when i left school i felt a little lost in college i was in a very small school in dublin and i went to like a massive college that had like I think it was ten thousand people in the first year. I did, I did arts, which was like English, uh, philosophy and psychology, and I went from having thirty people in my finishing year to ten thousand people in my first English class, and I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. So, I was looking for ways to connect and make friends. Um, how how and do you mean like you you couldn't do it? I just I felt like a real fish out of water I got really overwhelmed I was really shy I was really unsure of myself and it was really really hard to meet people because the classes were so big like you'd see someone at a lecture and you wouldn't see them for weeks then so I found it really hard to connect right. and my friends were all in different courses so I just honestly kind of stopped going in and fell into like a a bit of like a depression and really struggled and that was kind of that was when I was coming to terms with my sexuality and you know I was having difficulties in my life and I really was like going off the deep end a little bit and like drinking too much and I needed something to pull me kind of back together and I kind of threw myself into work I guess so that I had something to wake up for because I wasn't going into my my lectures and it was a uh, I think it was like fine I got a job in Nando's eventually I went to this like big recruitment day and it was their first or their second Dublin restaurant opening and I think that part-time job genuinely changed the trajectory of my life because friends I made there and the people I met like honestly saved my life and changed my life yes um, Nando's yeah I love it I'll, I'll go I'll go to bat and defend Nando's every day for the rest of my life I hear uh, bad words said I'm the first to whip out the fifth do you know I don't think um, the portions are quite there for me you know when you get like a side the side's just never quite big enough for me like yeah, for example like see. a corn on the cob I want like a big corn on the cob you know yeah I know I love the corn cob but also if your staff and your all your mates are coming in to eat you sneak him. You sneak him a few sneaky extras. Yeah. We used to get all the like the chicken and the loyalty cards and stuff and bribe bouncers at the nightclub behind our restaurant to let us in for free and stuff after shifts and everything. And we'd go like we knew all the pub, all the pub staff yes. around us, and we'd go in and drop them in food after. And you build. It was a, it was a, such a fun time, a great little community. Do you know? What, is, isn't it funny that it's like most managers would say like absolutely not if you try to do that, but like but giving your neighbours food in return for beers or coming into the club I mean that creates a community 
Yeah, now I don't know if the managers were fully aware that we were doing it. We were all the wait staff, so if they're listening, Wayne, apologies. But uh, nah, it, it was. We had like local business discounts and stuff. So because they were new to to Ireland, they really did want to like enter the market like nicely and softly. So I think, um, yeah, all of us being nineteen to twenty one kind of lo- Dublin locals who just wanted to go out after college or after work and have fun, they did kind of encourage the the bond and it was like, like we had an incredible bond and we all support each other and when the restaurant was busy like we knuckled down we put in extra shifts and extra hours no problem because it meant supporting your mates it was just such a perfect moment in all of our lives um in terms of we we're all starting college we we're all kind of the same age but all from very different backgrounds and different parts of dublin so you kind of got to meet loads of different people um and it was just a real like yeah i think it was like real just uh, serendipitous yeah. time that we all got to work there and it was those personalities because like some of the people we met like Steph who I met there ended up becoming my roommate like six years later and still one of my best friends like Mark my friend from school and um, he actually ended up getting a job in there through us and then he was there and then like all the girls like I've went to like one of the girls Kira got married like Avril's had babies Fiona's had babies oh, like all the whole crew very sweet were you writing songs then were you like were you were you writing lyrics was there music i was singing backstage not backstage back back a house more so <laughs> uh, like while i was grilling chicken i'd be like singing songs with the grillers and <laughs> and it was uh it was yeah they put they pushed me and encouraged me to to pursue it I, I think i fell out of love with music um during that period that i was in college i was because i was struggling with depression and acceptance and i couldn't really pull it pull myself up to go to work or like to get out of bed and in the day let alone be creative and it was really sad to see that kind of passion fall out of me so I think it was being in Nando's and going to therapy for the first time and and getting that kind of help that really allowed me to accept myself and then get back to the parts of life that I really loved and it was shortly after that that yeah I discovered music and it was actually meeting Jack um I met him while I, I think I was still in Nando's. I met him, I was dating someone at the time and they went to school together. I found out he was a drummer and I was like, oh, do you want to ever like jam sometime? And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And we played in his shed one day. I think I was like 23 and we never really looked back. It kind of just evolved and grew from there. And eventually like six years later or so it became, yeah. we found Sam and myself, Colin and Jack joined with him and we became friends. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Going through those dense periods of your life when you go through bouts of depression bouts of you know like dense periods of you know not really knowing where your direction is how do we try and like help ourselves find the next step for something like that is the secret to working through that is it being open to new opportunities and open to new ideas and trying to let life put some stuff in front of you and be there to notice it yeah, I think it's like it's definitely part like putting the work in yourself and part letting it kind of come to you naturally. I think whether that is actively seeking out people to work with or just creating and putting it out there yourself or going to get help and speaking to people and being open about your struggles to allow yourself to become more free of baggage so that you can find the space to create. Um, or yeah, or even taking that and turning and using it to fuel your creativity. And I think that's a lot of what sprints is, is, is me finally addressing that emotional baggage or the issues or struggles I've faced and pairing them into music instead of letting them sit there and weigh me down, which I think I did most of my life. 
um and that that forced me into this introversion and like shell of myself but now I kind of take that and push it out people want to know about lives other people's lives yeah I think people like people are like we we turn to art I think for like connection and emotion and also for the process of it and that's why I saw someone the other day say like like AI will never replace art until there's people who don't enjoy the process of making art and I think that's the thing that will never be lost Mm. is like while film photography was replaced by digital technically and photography was replaced by video and radio was replaced by music videos like they haven't fully disappeared as mediums because we do things because we enjoy them or they add value to our lives so Mm. it's that kind of sense of it is like there's a reason for you to make and create and just find that and I don't think you'll run out of it and that's why um like storytelling and honesty is such a big part of sprints because while it's important for me to get that out of my body almost I used to say it's like every story is like a little weight Mm. on me and with every song that I put one on it's like one that's lifted off my chest I'm closer to reaching the surface I also think it's nice for people to to hear they're not alone if they may be experiencing something similar. And I know that's how I used to connect with music when I was younger. It's amazing that we can feel, we can see ourselves through other people's stories. Yeah. And that's, I think, always the most rewarding part of music is when someone approaches you after a show and says that, you know, this song spoke to them or they listened to this during lockdown when they felt alone or they've experienced similar things or they interpreted, interpreted the lyrics as to be about this because that's also a big part of it is not being too prescriptive or descriptive of what the song is about Mm. so that it's open to you to interpret it to your scenario because no one's going to experience word for word exactly the same thing I have or maybe they will um but that's open to them I like to finish these with asking about some work fails. I'm talking sometimes when you've fucked up in the workplace or sometime that, you know, you've cast some shame <laughs> upon your name. What's uh, have do any things come to mind? Oh my God, no, but also tons because I'm <laughs> I'm not a perfectionist. Like I said, I'd, I'd rather something was finished than perfect. Yeah. And I don't think you'll ever get that. So I think there's stuff you'll hear in like songs even that we've released where there's like an annoying like click on a guitar pedal like because Colin turned his pedal off too soon that got caught in the mic or me slipping up in the words or that kind of stuff or seeing us live I think you'll notice that we're not much about perfection but about energy I think the only thing that comes to mind is when I was working in that stadium pouring like wine in the boxes for all these fancy like schmancy clients after I finished when after I did the catering I was promoted to boxes um, and I worked like at private bars and this woman had like asked for a red wine and I poured it and I thought I was being resound, like pouring it the whole way to the top, being like, oh, I'll give her an extra big glass. And she went, just for future reference, red wine is only served in the bottom third of the glass so the wine can actually breathe. And I was like, in front of everyone at the bar and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, okay, sorry, but also fuck you. Yeah. Take the free wine. That's funny. Hey, Carla, thank you so much for it. If you, we, we'll, have to, we'll have to speak again. Yeah, absolutely. And next side job you have, next kind of like 
well hopefully you won't be doing many side jobs but if you do try and make some mistakes for me so next time you can yeah perfect will do <laughs> yeah thanks, thanks so much. thank you so there was Carla from Sprint here on 101 part time jobs cheers for listening another episode on Thursday episodes are every Tuesday and Thursday and this week we're going to have a bonus episode tomorrow which I did at 2000 Trees what I'd done with Bad Nerves and Prima Queen and some bonus minutes with other half and suds so subscribe to get notified for all this good sh** coming up I'll see you then cheers for listening bye hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.